Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Terraform Development proudly supports the Hopi tribe and nonprofit Hopi entities to provide essential technical support in engineering, architectural, and project management services. Eddie Kalnimtua can relate to the hard work on the Hopi reservation, including the cornfield duties and traditional ceremonies that he was raised on. He values this tradition, so Terraform Development was formed to meet these needs on the Hopi reservation. Contact Terraform Development at T E R R A, the number 4 O R M. Dot com and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. Also sponsored by... Hey, you all. This is Carl from Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. If you are listening to us from the Anchor website or the Anchor app, let me tell you about it. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, there's even an option where you can add Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you create. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Listening to the Carl and J Man Save the World podcast. I'm your host, the five star, five diamond chef, J Man. And with me is the looking like he's a little bit crispier, Carl. <laughs> Good Wednesday day it is today. I mean, it was hot over the weekend. It was a scorching 96 degrees over the weekend. It was a scorcher over the weekend, and yeah. I think that my little weather app on my phone says that it's supposed to be over 100 degrees every single day the rest of this week. Oh, my God. I mean, it was, and we, you know, Hopis love to do ceremonies in the hot weather for some required reasons. So. I think we got something wrong in our brains or something. <laughs> you know, we're not like Bahanas where uh, we said that, oh, it's going to be hot this weekend. Well, I'll save it till next weekend, you know. <laughs> no, we're like, we're going to do it now. We you guys are little bitches here. We're going to do it now. <laughs> and so, you know, like to welcome everybody back to the podcast. It feels like it's been a while since we last recorded. I think that both you and I have been very busy lately. Oh, yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's it would seem that COVID is no longer a factor out here on the Hopi Reservation. And so you got a couple of villages performing their normal summer ceremonial duties and we're uh, as scheduled where we're like uh pandemic what <laughs> it's like i have never heard of that before and, and so hope he's turning into places like prescott and 
pretty soon you're going to see uh, Trump flags flying outside a couple of people's homes. And uh, I, I think that a few Hopis took our voting episode a little bit too uh, seriously. And yeah. so some of them are recognizing that we do fit that Republican demographic <laughs> or at least that Republican characteristic list a little bit more so than Demi's. So, you know, Hopis are the only people, well, I should say Native Americans in general are the only people that would get mad at you if you're, if you stay out in the hot sun, burn to a crisp and your health is on the line and they, they tell you that you're not doing it right. And they, they get mad at you. See, this is what the gods are telling you to do and stuff like that. So, and, and this is what happened over the weekend is that, uh, you know, a lot of us uh, had like heat related issues, heat illnesses that come along with like, you know, playing in 90 plus degree weather and without doing the proper uh, wear and, um, you know, sunscreen and everything like that. And then they get mad at you for not believing in the hot weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have gave you a tip to uh, get prepared for the weekend and I would have told you, hey, Carl, uh, I hear that you're getting ready for a ceremony. Uh, my recommendation would be to go outside at four o'clock every single day and go run for 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I did go for a run one time and it, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, it was weird because I, I, I just, I just said, I got, I want to go for a run. I want to see if I can still run again. And uh, I got out of the truck and it was a nice breezy 70 degrees and it was dusk and, you know, you have all these little birds singing away. And uh, I said, I'm just going to go for a run around uh, this little area here. And I said, OK, I'm going to warm up and start warming up and everything. And I started to trot a little bit, you know, just a little trot going on. And I said, all right, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. So I started running and I was like hearing my bones like crack and stuff like that. Like my knees started to like, like it was like quick, quick, quick. I'm like, that sounds weird. It's like, that's not normal. I've never heard that. I before. never heard that before. And so I, I guess, you know, full, full disclosure to the listeners that today's episode is going to kind of be a little bit disjointed that we're actually going to uh, cover three different topics oh, yeah. today. And I think that simply because uh, I, I think just Based off of you and I, what we've been going through with the summertime as Hopi farmers, um, like you mentioned that it was a scorcher over the weekend and that it's going to continue to be a scorcher. And unfortunately that, you know, when you drive around out here that you see a lot of different, you know, patches of land that uh, look like cornfields. Oh, yeah. But in uh at least today, when you're driving around and you see those patches of land that look like cornfield, you don't see any corn growing in them. And so full disclosure to the listeners out there that uh, we do have a topic for today's episode, somewhat of a topic. We actually got three topics. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of that comes from just uh, what, what's what been going on lately with the summertime and the fact that, you know, we're kind of getting kickstarted back into our normal schedule as being Hopis, as Hopis in the village. And, you know, some ceremonies are starting to come up now. And then plus, you know, Father's Day is coming up which is uh, actually this weekend. And so oh, yeah. we want to talk about that. We want to talk about our dads, talking about our father role models, but also too, because I think that it was probably during our break when Mother's Day happened. Yeah. So definitely want to do a shout out, uh, a belated Mother's Day so, to yeah. all the mothers out there, all, in, all of the 
women that take up that motherly role, whether you're an actual mother yourself or if you adopted some little stinky brown kid like Carl and you know <laughs> we're forced to raise children like that. Definitely want to talk a little bit about that. But prior to us recording, we actually had a pretty deep conversation. We had a deep conversation over lunch and uh, kind of we wanted to share some of what our ideas and thoughts were over the conversation that we had from lunchtime. And what we were talking about was that we kind of were looking outside and recognizing that this heat wave that we've had, the lack of rain, the lack of moisture that we've been having, that you and I are kind of a little bit uh a little bit blue today. Oh, yeah. A, a little bit down in the dumps. And because, you know, uh, that we've both disclosed to the audience that we both are farmers, that we both have farms and help our male relatives within our families to help farm. But unfortunately, though, that, you know, we are in the middle of a drought. Yeah. We are in the middle of the drought. And that drought has carried over from last summer into this summer. And so over the weekend that there were these activities that were going on in, in two of the villages here and that both you and I were present for both of them. And uh, while I was eating lunch at my wife's house out at Kikotsmovi, that yeah. my uh, sister and uh, her husband, my uh, brother-in-law, came to eat lunch. And then, you know, we were conversating, talking about, you know, different things that, as Hopis do. And then he talked about and mentioned that, I guess, scientists are calling what we're going through right now as a mega drought. Oh, yeah, exactly. And some sort of mega drought, something that only occurs every 10,000 years. And so that's something that I mentioned to you because I told you that at the in the springtime that I noticed that a lot of farmers were getting their fields ready. Yeah, in yeah. Preparation to plant and to, you know, ha- at least have some corn growing over the summertime. And then I also mentioned to you that I've looked at some of those fields and it doesn't look like that anybody's planted in them. You know, hearing that uh, that mega drought is uh, is something. I guess you could say that we are kind of in this turning world where it's like you know um, things they, things kind of repeat itself in a way. And I don't really care for the the mega drought. I just care for when it's going to end. And that's like the main goal of everybody here on the reservation is like when is this. Uh, drought going to end because you know last year we did plant you know we did plant and um, and we didn't get anything uh, much you know there was a few pickings here and there but it was just so dry the air was so dry nothing I mean rains came but they came way too late Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I I think that you and I kind of talked about this and tying it in with what's going on, not only this drought, but with the pandemic. Yeah. That there's a sickness that that was going around. Unfortunately, we did lose many community members as a result of the pandemic. And I guess as being Hopis, looking at, you know, these occurrences that are happening in terms of the drought and then the sickness, that it really is alarming. Oh, yeah. Because then when you think about how we look at our lives and how we're supposed to be able to continue our lives, that health and corn are major proponents of that for us to continue to have a future. And so, you know, with the drought, we were kind of talking about it. And, you know, I I told you that, you know, I do have faith in our ceremonies. I have faith in our religion and the practices that we have. But then I also told you that, unfortunately, that I also do have faith that as Hopi people, that we're kind of off the right path. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we as Hopi people think that we're doing something good for the the community or for the people itself, for the health and benefit. But in actuality, 
we're doing it because we want to be, uh, how would you say, like matiuta. You we know, want to be talked about. We want to be talked about for, you we know. We want to be praised. Yeah, it, it's for our own self-image that we do this for. It's not for the people, although we say it's for the people, but we, in actuality, we want the people to know who's doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the best way for us to convey that message without, you know, kind of sharing too much in terms of our ceremonies and, you know, exactly what it is that we do, that, you know, there is a whole old Hopi philosophy that uh, Hopis, we call ourselves poor people. Oh, yeah. We call ourselves poor people and that in when we're planting our corn, that when we're praying to the gods, to the rain gods and asking for them to come visit our cornfields and for them to bless our cornfields with water, it's this with this idea that we're, uh, I guess the, the Hopi term would be okilhinta. Or that, you know, that we're asking for the gods to have pity on us. Yeah. Because then we don't, we our, our argument in our prayers is that uh, our, core, our, our crops are dry and they need water. Our children are hungry and they need food. Yeah. And so that's kind of a big argument to get the clouds to come. But unfortunately, in this day and age, when you go to the villages during our ceremonies, there's plenty of food everywhere. Yeah, and we, you know, we thank Bashes, we thank Safeway, we thank uh, Sam's Club for providing all of the, the all of the food groups to make <laughs> sure that our ceremonies go off with a hitch. I think I said, unfortunately, there's food everywhere, which I know <laughs> kind of sounds strange, but I mean, it is it is kind of, I guess, a, a strange ordeal. Yeah, that that we put upon ourselves because then within our villages. During ceremony time, it's that anybody that's within the village during ceremony time plays a part. Oh, in yeah. The ceremony, yeah. Yeah. Whether they're part actually participating or not. And that, you know, it's this idea that we need rain, that we need rain in order to create the food that we're within our cornfields for the clouds to be able to come. But this day and age, if you were to ask any Hopi on the reservation, if you were to ask them, do you eat all of the food that you get during the ceremony? The answer more than likely would probably be no. No, yep. That a lot of the food that they get during the ceremony goes big, yep. which means it rots. And then in turn, it's thrown away. Yep. And so because we practice this, and I guess this is where the negative in that in having so much food is. It's like a buffet at a casino. Uh-huh. I used to work at a buffet in a casino, and I guess this is probably the best example that at the end of the night, whatever food is left over in the buffet that people didn't eat, it's not boxed up and it's not given out to like homeless people who really need food who are really hungry. It's not boxed up and stored away back in the fridge to be able to be used for the next day. Yeah. It all goes into the trash. Wow. It all goes into the trash. And so you think about all the food that you see in a buffet and you think about how wasteful it is for all that food to go into the trash. And then now during our Hopi ceremonies, it's the same concept. concept. Yep. Because you see all this food in homes to feed people and the food that people don't eat, it goes into the trash. Yeah. And then you see all of this food that our Kwatis bring into the village that are given to the people as gifts. They bring so much these days that the people that don't eat it, it goes into the trash. So, yeah, and, it, and and so, in looking at that from 
the rain clouds perspective. And this is something that I told you that I believe is probably what they think is that when they look at our villages and they see all this food in our homes, they see all this food in the Giva, they see all this food in the Katinki, they probably think to themselves, oh, they have enough food. They don't need us anymore. Yeah. And so that's probably a reason why we don't see any rain anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do believe that. I do. I really do believe that that the rain gods look at us in a way that they don't need our help anymore. They don't. They don't pray to us enough to where we have to help them out. It's sort of like um, you know the the old uh, Greek Greek uh, gods. You know they like Zeus and Poseidon, Hercules. Yeah, no, no, the, the, these original gods like you know Zeus. Uh, Poseidon, oh, Hercules yeah. is a bastard child, <laughs> and and they said that in some of the movies that I do watch, they said that you know people used to pray to us, and then we used to help them out, but now they don't pray to us, so they forgot about us, and we forgot about them. They can deal with their own problems there, so it, it's like in that way, it's like you know they're they just sort of just said that yeah, I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, you know they can go to casinos, they can go to uh, Walmart, and you know, and we don't we don't care anymore. <laughs> So, and and we're sorry, CPO, if we're uh, <laughs> if we're out of line talking about this, the Cultural Preservation Office, which is our cultural police out here. But it is definitely a conversation to have. Oh yeah, because then I think that really, when you think about it, when you think about how we we uh, conduct our ceremonies these days, how we coordinate our ceremonies these days, how we think about what it is that we want within these ceremonies these days, that there is a huge shift. There's a huge shift in our mentality as to why we have these ceremonies. Because a long time ago in the Hisset time, you had ceremonies because you wanted to make it rain. Oh, yeah. And then like you were saying in your argument when we first started talking is that that's not always the objective for people when they host ceremonies oh, yeah. these days. That rather they want praise from the people for putting on a nice dance yeah. or a good dance. And, and to that, to that extent there too, is that all of the, what is, what is happening inside of the, the village itself is that you want to, you know, the, the people that are hosting it, they want to be recognized more than our own gods, our own uh, deities. And that kind of puts a damper on how we see religion, how we see, uh, how we, how we conduct ourselves in that type of religion. Pretty soon they're going to start giving out awards for uh, best <laughs> best dance of the year. And then people are going to start putting dances on so they can win that award and hold dances and high extravagance. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it, it is, it is weird. It is turning. I guess we are in a, in a shifting world where, where we want to be Hopi so bad, we're turning so far to the left that we're actually touching the right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got a real strong itch in my throat. So I, I, I think that's probably our cue to, to move on to a different topic. <laughs> but it is definitely something to consider because, you know, like, like we were saying that you look outside, it's very dry. That unfortunately, there's a lot of cornfields that don't have any corn growing yeah, in them. Yeah. We just got through a huge pandemic, you know, with, with unfortunately losing a lot of community members in that. But I, I guess, you know, after making you all depressed, out there we're going to transition into
into something a little bit happier. Yeah. And that, you know, we did mention that Father's Day is coming up, that Father's Day is this weekend. And then that we recognize that we failed to do anything for the mothers out there. So in a way that this is kind of be going to kind of be uh, a happy Father's Day episode with a little bit of happy belated Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. For for those of you out there that hold such a sacred role. And so, you know, with Mother's Day, what did you do for So'o during Mother's Day? Do you well, remember? Yeah, I do. I do. She cooked me breakfast. Uh, she <laughs> <laughs> she uh, made sure that I had lunch. You know, um, she turned on the TV for me. She, she ironed your lomo. <laughs> You know, we, uh, we, uh, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, because uh, I lived with Soul all my life, and we used to do a lot with her. You know, we used to take her out to dinner. We used to take her out to Flagstaff, you know, buy her different things. I used to get flowers for her and stuff like that and just make it a special day because it was a behind the, behind the kind of holiday, and we just wanted to kind of be part of it. You know, we just wanted to honor that behind the part, so... And I know that Hopis don't have Mother's Day and or Father's Day in a, in a way, but you know it's 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 something to where it was just like, oh yeah, it's it's a nice gesture and stuff like that. So, apologize to all the Hopi mothers out there because uh, Hopi sons are probably the worst sons to have when it comes <laughs> to things like Mother's Day because then I think that a lot of us. We'll be sitting there on the couch because I think Mother's Day is usually like on a Sunday. Yeah. So I'll be watching our morning cartoons uh, in in your (laughs) case or for me, you know, I'll be watching like ESPN or something because the suns are kicking ass right now and I'm leading the bandwagon. (laughs) So, you know, Carl, you can jump on if you're ready to come back on this ride. But then, you know, we'll be... I got I got my ticket before, but nobody accepted my ticket to be on the bandwagon. <laughs> and so, you know, we'll be sitting there like on a Sunday morning enjoying our shows. And then, you know, like a Mother's Day commercial pops up and then you're like, oh, shit, it's Mother's Day. <laughs> like, Hey, mom, happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot today was Mother's Day. I got reminded of Mother's Day by Soul telling me that it's Mother's Day. And I'm like, oh, okay, when is that? It's today. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, well, happy Mother's Day. Because <laughs> I, I think that it was this past Mother's Day that, like, a, a post came up. You know, like how on Facebook yeah, yeah. it remembers posts that you made from previous years, and then it'll bring it back up. Like, a year ago on this day, this is what you said on your Facebook. And so, like, Mother's Day from last year, that day rolled around, and then it popped up. And then I remember my post was like, oh, my wife's so thoughtful. You know, the, the real yeah, famous yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. When Father's Day comes around, she does something really creative. Like I remember last year, she had like 10 questions that she asked every single one of our kids about me. And then so she organized all those questions and all their answers on a nice little frame thing to where I could look at it and, you know, see what my yeah. kids, uh, how much they knew about <laughs> me. And so I, I thought that was really nice and real creative because, you know, that takes time to do that. It takes time to find these questions and then each ask each single kid, even our younger kids, these questions and then writing down their answers. And, you know, I thought that was a real thoughtful thing that she did for me on my so on Father's Day. None of the questions said that, uh, who's your real father? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I uh, on this Facebook post, you know, I shared that, oh, she did this for me. It was real thoughtful. Yeah. And it's like my lame ass last year for Mother's Day. I just gave her my credit card. And I said, keep, keep it under a hundred bucks. <laughs> Go crazy, babe. <laughs> but keep it under. Keep it under dollars. <laughs> yeah. And I know I know we don't celebrate Mother's Day. And uh, I, I know my uh, 
my my guests, they they like to, you know, give solo stuff like you know she she gets aprons, you know, all of these little candies and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, and I do appreciate that, and uh, you know, it kind of makes me feel like I should do something for her. I should do something for uh, Mother's Day, and it's like so. Then I tell so you know so don't cook me such a big meal. <laughs> Let yourself, you know, have a save yourself some time to do what you want to do. (laughs) Give yourself a break, okay? So, so don't cook me such a big meal. (laughs) Just make three courses today instead of five. (laughs) You earned it. No, I'm I'm kidding. So everybody who's gonna bash me for uh, you know treating soul like a slave, he's not kidding. I, (laughs) I don't do that that much. And then, like, well, I guess thinking about this year, because I, 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 I don't remember exactly what we did on Mother's Day this year, but I know that I bought, and this is probably one of the worst things, and I'll get bashed for this, uh-huh. because then, you know, but I know that I'm not the only guy out there that does this, is that when it comes to things like Mother's Day or my wife's birthday, yeah. it's like, what can I buy her that I can also use myself? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so it's like, huh, maybe I can buy her a grill this year for Mother's Day or maybe buy uh, the truck some new tires and say, just in case you want to drive the truck and I hooked it up with some new tires. No, but this year, because like I mentioned that the Suns are on a roll this year, that I bought her uh, tickets to the Suns game. Really? For Mother's Day. Nice. But of course, I was able to benefit from it, too, because I got to go to the game as well. <laughs> It just kind of goes to show you that, uh, you know, mothers are great in a way, but uh, we just want to, uh, you know, leech on to that just to see how, how far we can get by uh, <laughs> doing that stuff. So, And I, I guess, you know, talking a little bit more about like Hopi mothers, like what do you think makes Hopi mothers kind of different from other types of mothers? Before we go on, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Hi, I'm Kiona, Hopi Relief volunteer and board member. Hopi Relief is a grassroots Hopi-led nonprofit organization founded to provide relief services, food boxes, and essential supplies to Hopi tribal members throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Our focus is to uplift the Hopi community by empowering our people to create homegrown solutions to challenges we face. We are supported by the generosity of like-minded individuals and organizations who simply want to help. You can get involved by following us on social media, sharing our story, or donating on our website, www.hopirelief.org. We are at Hopi Relief on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're back. Yeah. And so before we went on break, uh, we were transitioning into conversing kind of specifically about Hopi mothers. Oh, yeah. And so, like, what are Hopi mothers like? What, what, what would you say the differences are between a Hopi mom Versus any other kind of mom out there. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't really know what a Navajo mom's like. Yeah. Or like a Bahana mom or <laughs> a Castilla mom. But I guess, you know, like you watch TV, right? And you kind of see how some of those moms are in comparison to our Hopi mothers. Uh, you know, I think all Hopi moms are, are alike where uh, your kid falls down face first and gets hurt. And then she's the first one to yell at you for falling down on your face first and then spanking you for falling down and then saying, see, that's why you listen. And then spanking you a second time because you won't stop crying. <laughs> And then when you won't stop crying, then she said, I'm going to go tell your taha. And then he comes <laughs> and kicks your ass. <laughs> so you're constantly crying. And, 
and you don't know why you're crying because everybody's kicking your ass and you're like you're getting spanked like three different ways and then they tell you all the same thing see this is why you listen to your mom (laughs) (laughs) jokes aside i i well i don't think that hopi mothers are are very abusive really at all maybe some are maybe some maybe some are but at least from my experience (laughs) i've always felt like that hopi mothers are pretty comforting oh yeah that they're pretty um motherly like in terms of nurturing and things like that because we talked about it on prior episodes at least in terms of our hopi communities and what it's like it's that our gender roles are still very much defined. Oh, yeah. And and especially when you're starting to grow up and you're starting to help out a little bit more around the house or wherever it is that your help is needed growing up as a child, that oftentimes when you're at the most youngest, and and I've said this before, is that a lot of the men are out of the house. Yeah. That especially during the summertime, they're at their fields or during ceremony times, they're down at the kiva. And so you're usually stuck with your mother or your sister, your soul, usually a female. Yeah. Usually a female. And so, you know, spending a lot of time with the females and kind of seeing what it is that they do. I would say that in terms of what makes a Hopi mother different from any other type of mom out there is that Hopi women cook a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, that's something that we've talked about, too, is that they cook a lot, a lot more. Like, they're practically professional cooks for as much as they cook. See, so... You know, when she doesn't cook, she feels weird. She just doesn't feel like she did anything for us. So, like, even though we, I say that, oh, you know, I'll grill, I'll do, like, you know, I will grill some sikwi and I'll make, you know, all of these little salads on the side here. Shouldn't be too hard to do to make a meal. And she's like, no, I'll make, you know, potato salad. I'll make all of these other fixings. And she has to cook. It's weird because, you know, all her life, that's what she was trained to do. You know, her soul taught her what to do as as a Hopi woman. And as a Hopi woman, you're supposed to stay in your house, clean, take care of the children, make sure that everything is all nice and tidy for your own benefit. And then to feed, you know, the men folk, to feed the people that are actually helping you out. And so that's what she was trained to do. And and it's weird because, you know, I, I'll tell soul, you know, I'll cook I'll cook, you know, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll make something like hamburger. I'll, I'll, I'll cook sandwiches. So. <laughs> I'll make hamburger helper because it's a lot easier. I just follow the directions <laughs> on the box. I'll open up the can of Vienna sausages. So. <laughs> and so she's like, no, I'll make bread or I'll make like a side. And she just can't seem to like understand that, you know, Oh, you know, she, she just can't cook. You know, it's like, you know, I never heard of that before where I can't cook. So it was, it's just weird in a way how how Hopi women think. And it's it's weird in a way how like our gender roles still apply here on the Hopi reservation. I know I know I don't know if, about like other uh, Native American reservations that have that specific gender roles as well, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I imagine that it probably be similar, especially well, at least probably for the more traditional tribes or yeah. at least the more conservative tribes that kind of hold on to their to their old ways. But I think that another way that uh, Hopi moms uh, are are unique from other types of moms, although you know there there's an argument that could be made that this is probably kind of like a a person of color thing with <laughs> women. And and I'm sorry, this is on the very negative side, but when Hopi moms get with their sisters and their <laughs> other female relatives, they are the nastiest people <laughs> on earth. You might as well be watching Pornhub. 
<laughs> when they're conversing over the dinner table. Yep. Yeah, that is exactly true. You get a bunch of uh, women together and oh my God, you have to get out of the room because what the stuff that they say in and in public, if they said that stuff on this podcast, we'd, we'd probably get banned. <laughs> we get red flags so quickly, hey, you know, here would drop us. <laughs> our sponsors would drop us. And we tell them, I told my all my sisters, all my clan sisters, you know, you guys talk so nasty and you like, and that they say the same thing about men. You know, they'll, they'll say like, you know, oh, you men are the same way too. And I'm like, I'm a dignified individual. Okay, ma'am. I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you uh, give some examples of some of the things that are said during these conversations? Oh God, no, I don't think I could give. Uh, you know, a lot of the conversation where they they talk about uh, private areas like willy nilly. They they talk about quasis uh, willy nilly. <laughs> talk about sex. They willy nilly. They, they throw it around like uh, you know, just like chutney and stuff like that, and <laughs> like like a pizza boy throws at pizza dough, I guess. <laughs> But maybe in a way, you know, it's like to, to recapture that youth, you know, to, I, to, I to, guess. To, to make themselves feel young again. And then, you know, the laughter, like if you're present for those types of conversations, that the laughter is so loud and, you know, you can really tell that they're really uh, laughing so hard by, by those conversations. You know, there's a, there's a house and my, uh, some of my clan sisters go there to conversate and uh, the road kind of goes through that way. So we call that Howell Howell Lane there because you have the, all those uh, hyena hyena girls, you know, just cackling away. And uh, it sounds like a bunch of uh, hyenas going off. So <laughs> and, and I guess that kind of on a serious side, you know, as like like because you and I, you know, we were both Hopi males and growing up as as Hopis with um, growing up here on the reservation, reflecting, kind of thinking back on what some of those things that your mother did for you outside oh, yeah. of just, you know, raising you to be a young man and to helping in your development as a human being. But when you think about like the cultural side of things, you think about all of the things that they've done for you. Because then children are a big part of our Hopi society. Oh yeah. The perception of children, because a lot of uh, at least a lot of the analogies in Hopi that we use to talk about children, it's like they're, they're corn seeds. Yeah. That they're seeds and that without seeds, you can't have a future. And so our future is dependent upon children. And we've talked about this before in past episodes that actually child rearing is in a way considered sacred work in terms of at least how Hopi looks at it. Because then your most valuable asset in the community is your women. Oh, yeah. Because they have that power to birth children. And, and then children following being another valuable asset because they are your future. And and two, and two to that is that, you know, a child, especially a Hopi child, has to have that balance between a mother and father because a mother will teach them how to be compassionate towards other, how to kind. be yeah, kind and respectful to each other. And then the father's side will teach them how to become hard workers, how to be how to be self-sufficient, how to mm. become a, a person that can be functional in the in society there. So without those two there, you know, you might as well just have uh, a stranded corn stalk or, you know, without any nurturing. Without any nurturing so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because like when, when I think about, you know, my life and what my mother 
has done for me. And I've made posts like this several times, usually on Mother's Day. Uh-huh. But, you know, it is something that's communicated to you as being a Hopi individual or at least a Hopi male that people will always tell you that the two most important women in your lifetime is going to be your mother and going to be your own wife. Oh, yeah. And, and and so, you know, that's something that I've always taken to heart. But thinking about my own mother, thinking about what she's done for me in my lifetime that, you know, growing up Hopi like we have and that, you know, having these ceremonies that we have, that it's not until later after you get initiated that you get Wimkia, that you truly learn in addition, what other work your mother has done for you yeah. to be able to grow up in this Hopi world and to grow up as a Hopi child and then getting older, getting married in the Hopi way, thinking about how much work my mother put into my marriage and then having children, thinking about how much work my mother put into the Tiyakatsi and, you know, having our baby naming ceremony yeah, yeah. And, and that type of thing. And so in that way, it really made me appreciate my mother more than I probably, than, than more than I, than I actually had. And then thinking that a lot of Hopi mothers out there do the same work for their own children, that it really makes me think that Hopi mothers really are in a way, supernatural beings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because then they're able to do a lot because then one thing that I've always thought about too is that because we just got done talking about ceremonies at the beginning of the episode is that when these ceremonies end, everybody's exhausted. Uh-huh. Everybody's tired. People just want to go to sleep yeah. and, and re-energize yeah. and things like that. And for us males, we're allowed to do that. But the women have to stay up and clean their home, <laughs> yeah. wash their dishes, and get everything put back in order so that things can be back in order. And I just always used to think like, oh, man, I can go home now, but my mom still has to at do the all, village yeah. house. My sisters are still at the village house. And sometimes they'll be there all day the next day after the ceremony is over, cleaning and putting everything back in order. And so, you know, really that's my salute to all you mothers out there and Hopi doing the things that you you all do. We all we, we appreciate it. If nobody's told you that they appreciate you, I appreciate you. I'm sure Carl appreciates you. And that's my belated happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. So happy belated Mother's Day to every mother out there. You guys are doing a good job. Without you, none of us would survive. And happy belated Mother's Day to all the single dads out there doing both nonsense. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that later but we're going to transition into uh, what's coming up this weekend and the father's day father's day happy father's happy day. father's day to all the brothers with children out there to all the dads to all the tahas, to all the kwas out there um and so i guess you know we'll co- continue this conversation similar to how we previously talked about the women and so uh last year during father's day what did you do for kwa uh let's see what do we i got i got him uh pistachios because <laughs> he loves that so uh he doesn't care for father's day <laughs> i don't think any fathers fathers out there care for father's day at all <laughs> it's like that um that episode of uh bill cosby the cosby show yeah and he's like uh, complaining to his kids he's like every single year 
you know, you guys go out for one whole month buying your mother all of these gifts and everything and, you know, planning big parties and stuff like that. And then on my day, you guys go after the sales. You guys go after Father's Day and you're like, what do I get for father? And you buy me these cheap clothes and (laughs) I get a tie every year and he's complaining. (laughs) And so he's like, um. Then he shows all of these different gifts that he got throughout the years from his kids. And there's these wacky gifts like, you know, uh, lights, uh, you know, lights that are on side of his glasses. And he never wears glasses. He's like, <laughs> I got this from Sandra, you know, one year thinking that I was going to because she was concerned. I, I walk at night to go use the restroom and <laughs> I never wear that. And it's like, <laughs> and Denise got me this tie that lights up and I can't wear this to work. And it's like a big old Hawaiian <laughs> shaped tie and, and it lights up, says Hawaii on there. And so it's like, and you know, and I I watched that episode and I was like wondering, it's like, this is, is, you know, it's kind of relatable to all the fathers out there that we don't celebrate Father's Day out here. I don't think that we do. I mean, I I don't know. I I, I guess I kind of have opinions on that. Yeah. They're they're pretty uh, spicy opinions, you know, kind of kind of hot takes. Um, But I guess, you know, first talking about the positive stuff, because, you know, like that, like I had a lot to share in terms of the Mother's Day. This is what I did for my wife. This is what I did. I actually bought my mother an air fryer this past year for, for Mother's Day. So, again, another gift that I bought her (laughs) that I could benefit off of. Yeah. But then like when it comes to my dad, like my dad's a tough shopper to a tough, tough person to shop Shop for. for. Yeah. Because then like that, like any Hopi man, he has every single thing that he could possibly need. Yeah. And then so it's like, you know, what, what could I buy him that he doesn't have? It's like, I could buy him a knife or, you know, because that's something that a lot of Hopi men use on the daily. <laughs> but then it's like whatever knife I buy him, he probably has a better knife <laughs> within his stash. And like that, like he's the type of guy that, you know, he'll give it away. Yeah. If it's something that yeah. he doesn't want. And so he doesn't hold on to things that he doesn't care to have. And so, you know, you're putting all this thought into something real nice. <laughs> gift, give it to him. And then either it's one of two things, either he'll give it away to somebody else. Yeah. Or it'll still be in the package <laughs> years later when, when, you know, you kind of are, are for whatever reason, you know, discover that they still have it. And, and so now it's just kind of, I just give him uh, gift cards to like restaurants. Yeah. Cause that's something yeah. I know he'll use. And so it's like, happy Father's Day, Dad. You know, go to La Fonda's on me. And, you know, it's easy to shop for women because when you buy a flower for a woman, uh, you give it to her. She's in awe and stuff like that. But it's harder to shop for a man because you don't know what he wants. You don't know what he cares about most. And so, you know, when we do that for Kwa, we just buy him, uh, you know, food pretty much. <laughs> you know, some of my guys will make him a cake or a pie and uh, and and I'll maybe give him like uh, like pistachios or like cashews in a mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, he'll get a shirt every now and then, but you know, it, it's just something that it's like it's just like sort of like the gesture of it, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. And I, I guess that's kind of like the characteristic of most Hopi men. Like they don't really have an affinity for yeah. gifts. So I guess in a way it's kind of like 
opposite of uh, Cliff Huxtable, you know, where where you're really not caring that you're getting these goofy gifts from your <laughs> kids. Because my koa, when he was still around, that I, I believe that it's through him that I got into pro wrestling. Really? Because he was the one that used to watch professional wrestling. <laughs> and so I would remember that when it came around to things like Father's Day or his birthday or Christmas, all the grandkids would be buying him stacks and stacks of wrestling tapes. And then like, you know, it it kind of benefited me in a way because I was really the only person in the family that liked wrestling as much as yeah. he did. So if he got a duplicate tape, yeah. then I got to get the, the duplicate tape of whatever it was <laughs> that he got. So in a way, it was kind of gifts for me as well. But that's something that I kind of really remember about him. And then something my father that they both have in common is like that. Like, you know, if I, I, I guess I, I don't know what it really is about Hopi men that make them that way. Yeah, I mean, it is it is weird how like us us Hopis don't think of that. We don't have that because we weren't we weren't raised in that behind the tradition. We weren't raised in that in that way or that mindset of like, you know, we have to honor our fathers through this certain day here. I mean, as Hopis, we honor our fathers by thanking them of what they've taught us over the years and that we, uh, you know, think thanking them for what they've provided for us like the house uh, a roof over our head you know food to eat and you know maybe a car to drive and stuff talking about parents and i i guess you know kind of gravitating a little bit away from like the father's day and mother's day stuff that i think that at least in my upbringing and when i think about being a kid that when i think about it that you know it really does fit the conversation that we were having that my mother was a lot more nurturing, yeah, a lot more nicer because then when things would happen, like if you hurt yourself outside yeah. or something bad happened to you, I would always run to my mom. It was always my mom that I ran to because that if I ran to my father, it was always the fear of the tough love that you would get <laughs> to where you're like, well, what'd you do? I fell off the tree. Well, how come you're climbing up there? Yeah, You know, that, that, that's, that's what you get, you know? And so it, it's kind of the fear of having that tough love that kind of pushed me towards my mother growing up as a child. But once I got into my teenage years that I was very fortunate to have a good dad. My dad taught me the importance of farming. He taught me how to farm. He took me with him hunting. He taught me how to hunt. He taught me the importance of treating people with respect he taught me the importance of being of things like honesty and mor- morale, like having a, a belief in strong morality. And I think that, you know, because like you were saying that at some point you said that you felt like that we celebrate Mother's Day more than we do Father's Day. Yeah. And I think that the reason why it's like that, and we've talked about this several times on this podcast, is that unfortunately there are many people out there that don't grow up with fathers. Oh, yeah. That there are many people out there that grow up with bad fathers. And so for those people that don't have a strong male influence in their life, that they miss out on a certain type of education that you receive from a good man. And so I definitely think my father was a good man. My gua was a good man. My Taha is a good man. And so it's like these three strong male role models that I've had is kind of what keeps intact this idea and this concept of what a man is. Because to me, like that word man isn't just something to describe an individual based on what their gender is, 
but really it, it's a term of somebody that's respectful, a respectable person to oh, call yeah. somebody a man like you're a real man. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doing what we do as as male role models, especially to our kids and especially to younger generation, is that we show them how how to become an adult, I guess you could say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how adults should function. And that's, I guess that's the beauty of how Hopi men are and how Hopi men are respected in their, in their community. And when we look at that and when we hear the respect of how highly they are respected, then we, we become infatuated with their upbringing and how did they come become in, become to this part of a life here. Mm-hmm. And I want to become that as well. Exactly, exactly. And I think that that's how I kind of perceive my father. And, you know, there was something that I did, I did want to cover before we run out of time. And this is probably something that's probably going to uh, get us back on the shit list of some people <laughs> who, we, um, who, who we pissed off during our voting episode. But it is something that I do, str- I, I do, strong, I, I do feel strongly about. And that, you know, when it comes to Mother's Day, you know, everybody's yeah. happy on social media, you know, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, et cetera, et cetera. But then when it comes to Father's Day, it's like you don't get a lot of happy Father's Day to all the, the men out there. Yeah. What you see the most is happy Mother's Day to all the single women out there <laughs> who are doing both jobs. And, you know, I, I kind of take offense to that. Um, and the reason why I take offense to that, because then like if you're going to give time to honor the women that are good mothers on mother's day then it should be equal in terms that you're going to give that same spotlight for the men oh yeah that are good fathers and you know i i think that also too with that phrase when you say to all the single mothers out there doing both jobs in my opinion and this is j-man's opinion so uh, feel free to attack me and not carl (laughs) but in my opinion I think that a woman is only a mother to their child. That never is a woman a father to a child. And the reason why I say that is because although a a single woman, I believe that a single woman can raise a child and that child could still be a good person. Yeah. That could still have a lot of these qualities that we think of, of what men are. But at least in the way that I think about it, it's like the analogy that I've always thought in my head is that if you had a student and they're trying to learn algebra, you wouldn't take a history teacher to teach that student how to do algebra. Even though that history teacher is technically a, a teacher, teacher and an yep. educator, but their expertise isn't in mathematics. Oh yeah, You would get a math teacher to teach that child how to do algebra because their expertise is in mathematics. And the way that I think about that is that in terms of growing up as a guy growing up as a male, growing up as a man, is that you experience things differently oh, yeah. than how a woman or a young girl grows up into adulthood. And I guess the best example is that if I were a single parent, and thank God I'm not, that if I were a single parent and my girls were going through their menstruating for the very first time, I wouldn't know what to do. I would have my head cut off running around like a chicken trying to find a female relative to get them through <laughs> that, to get them educated to that. I wouldn't know what to do because I've never been through that myself. 
I've never experienced that myself. And so growing up as a young male, you experience certain things that are distinguishable from growing up as a female. And so when my son goes through certain things that are specific to male biology, I can talk to him about that. Oh, yeah. I can walk him through that because I went through that myself. I can give him the same education that my male relatives gave me in terms of what it means to be a man. And so I think that, that to me at least, those are the biggest distinguishable things as to a reason why a mother is only a mother to their children. A father is only a father to their children. And I think that a lot of it does come from that factory setting perspective. Uh huh. And I yeah. think that now because the lines between genders are very much blurred, in mainstream society, which is why this concept of being a man, uh, being a father and a mother to a child as, 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 as one person is becoming more popular. But, um, but yeah, so uh, that, that's my perspective. And so my messages are open for all the ladies out there to tell me that I'm wrong. But, you know, that is definitely something I believe in. All right. Well, thank you for uh, making my life a little bit harder of uh, editing this <laughs> one hour show here. So <laughs> I think it is time for us to head on out here. And, uh, cause I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm burnt. I'm hungry. Yeah. 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 You're sleeping there for a bit. Uh, exactly. So. I don't know what you said. I just, <laughs> I heard something about fathers and, uh, shoes and, uh, that's where I kind of went <laughs> I to I heard sleep. something about fathers and belts and, uh, whiskey and, <laughs> So like, our, yeah, if, if right. you had stuck around this far of, of, you know, of an hour show here, I congratulate you. And, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for listening to to us ramble about three topics, which were kind of uh, kind of relevant in a way, in, in a way, I guess you could say. So, you know, again, thank you again. Uh, if you guys are going to be sponsored, if you want to sponsor us, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become a monthly sponsor or to donate some, uh, some, some cash or give us some coffee, uh, buy me a coffee.com slash CJ podcast. And, and all in all, I mean, thank you. Thank you again. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, happy Father's happy Day. Happy Father's Day. To all of you out there, uh, if you don't have a quesi, then uh, your day passed already, but definitely <laughs> happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You all are doing a fine job. And uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, please don't unsubscribe, but subscribe <laughs> to our channel. And also don't forget to hit that like button if you're following us on Apple iTunes. Don't forget to give us that five-star review. And I think that's about it. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl. And this is my best friend, Jamie. So long, folks.